Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio from the CEP Network. If you like what you hear, do us a favor and hit that subscribe button and give us that five-star rating. And while you're at it, give us a like and a share on the socials and tell all your friends about the variety you get right here on the CEP Network. In this episode, Patrick and I come back from a two-week break to tackle topics such as Patrick recently becoming a father, our thoughts on cultural appropriation, and the UFC 251 card in Abu Dhabi. If you'd like to get a hold of Patrick Blair or myself, you can reach out on the social medias. You can reach us on the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. And if you have any topics you'd like to hear us cover about music, sports, or pop culture, email us at cerebral at thecepodcast.com. Now, let's get into the episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Raised on the Radio. It's been a few weeks. I am one of your hosts, Colt Brocato. Patrick Blair, who is a new papa now, yeah, with me here. So they you, say, they they say that when you become a parent, that life instantly changes. So is that true? I, I'm not. I don't feel it. No, you don't. I don't. I feel I feel different personally and emotionally because I have. Well, okay. It changes, but my routine and the things that I do, nothing has changed because I have a baby in the house. But the way that I react to things and like just my overall um, emotional uh, stability has changed. I've become much more emotional now that I have a little guy. It's <laughs> it's weird, man. It's it's super weird. Um, I was reading to him like someone. Uh, Someone got us this book, I guess it's specific for dad to read to son. And I was reading to him on like him being home for like the third day. And I was like, I'm getting a little bit emotional. I need to like stop for a second and take a breath. It was, it, that That's what's changed for me. Um, and I know people say that all the time, like your life instantly changes and things are never going to be the same. That's cool. I mean, uh, it's still very new and fresh for me. Right. Um, but I have just noticed that I've psychologically and emotionally taken a turn as far as how I approach things. Like I told you before, I'm not a very patient person, so I'm, I'm trying to work on that. Um, and believe me, when a baby squirts into his diaper and then pisses while you're trying to change it, you need to be patient. So You've already dealt with that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Were you hesitant at all to change diapers, or did you know right off the bat, I'm, I'm, I'm going to dive in there. I got this. I dove right in. Uh, I changed the first one. Nice. I was I was the first one. So yeah, no, I dove right in, um, and I watched countless videos on it to make sure that I didn't screw it up, so no one would laugh at me. <laughs> I was just really, I was like self conscious in the room because there were there was like a couple of nurses in there, um, and no, I dove right in and did it. And um, as I told you before, the kid shits like the Triceratops in Jurassic Park, so. He's uh, got his dad's stomach, apparently. That's great. That's perfect. But, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's been fun, man. I, it's, I love it. I love being a dad. I, I'm totally... So those are the things that I've noticed the differences in, just, you know, uh, how I approach things and you kind of become a little... You also say that your routine hasn't changed, but you've also been in your house and can't really go anywhere. So I wonder how things will change once you get back to Great normal. Point. I, it's, it's, it's funny you say that. So I was, I was thinking this actually the past couple of days because I've been bummed that 
um, you know, like yesterday we had, uh, we had some family over to see him and I barbecued and I grilled some food and we, we didn't have everyone over at the same time because people are still worried about social distancing. So we had like people come in, in shifts, which is totally just, it's obnoxious. Like I just wanted to put on music. I wanted to grill. I wanted to open up a bottle of wine. I wanted to crack some beers and I wanted to have a good time. Right. Uh, and it just, we just couldn't. And then, you know, I was thinking about it today, man, I'd love to go grab lunch. Like I'd love to just put them in the car, put them in the car seat, go to one of our favorite spots and have a nice lunch. Can't do that. So when we were in the hospital, believe it or not, that's the most normal I have felt in a long time during quarantine and COVID. Just because you were out of your house? Out of the house. And I kind of just roamed around the hospital about and did whatever I wanted to do. <laughs> I know that sounds weird. I know that sounds bizarre, but like for me, leaving the room and going down to the cafeteria and grabbing food felt so great to me. Just to be like spontaneously like, I'm hungry. I'm going to go get something to eat. Left. Did it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Didn't have to think about it. Now I did have to put on a mask to walk around the hospital. But other than that, it felt somewhat normal. And I know that sounds really bizarre. And cafeteria food sucks. But <laughs> how, cra how crazy felt... was the hospital, though, as far as like being protective of, you know, not getting covered and stuff? Um, yeah, I mean, no, there it's, yeah, there are major restrictions in the room. We didn't have to wear a mask, but if we left the room and I actually did screw it up quite a few times cause, uh, you know, walking to the pantry to get my wife, like, uh, jello or, you know, cereal or something like that. Right. I didn't put a mask on and one, one time, no one noticed the first few times I did it and I didn't do it on purpose. I'm not, I wasn't being a, a, a prick. <laughs> I wasn't anti-mask. I just forgot, you know, again, it's not normal for me to think about grabbing a mask and I've actually, uh, grocery and now that in St. Louis County, you have to put a mask on wherever you go, grocery store, gas station. I've gone to a couple uh, target. I had to go to target. So like, um, I'm going to be in a wedding at the end of the month. I had to get my pants for the wedding. You know, I had to wait outside men's warehouse for an hour, uh, because they're only letting like six people at a time into that place. So, you don't think about grabbing a mask. So I've had to turn around and come back and get it. But I was walking to the pantry to get some food and some beverages. And a couple of times I did it and no one noticed, no one said anything or people did notice and didn't say anything to me. And then one of the times, I don't even know if the lady was a nurse. She just went <clears throat> like that and pointed to her face. I wanted to be like, you know what? Keep walking and then you're going to be fine. <laughs> the moment you stop to say something to me is when you fuck up. Just keep walking. Right. Like, um, but I was like, oh, I'm sorry, my mistake. And again, I don't even know if she was a nurse, but <clears throat> don't do that to me. Um, but yeah, it, it just felt almost normal. I don't know. It's, it's bizarre. It is bizarre. We went on vacation and part of that was in Nashville and half the bars are shut down. Yeah. It's like, well, from what I was told was that a bar has to at least make 50% of sales off of food to be able to stay open. But your, right. your big joints like your Kid Rock's place and uh, like the stage and Tootsie's and those kinds of places weren't open. But it was it was still pretty nuts down there. I know you say it gets really nuts when everything is, when there's a oh, lot yeah. of stuff going on and stuff, but it was still pretty nuts down there and there were signs everywhere saying, wear your masks 
and you're required to wear yeah. your masks downtown and all that stuff, and nobody was wearing a mask ever, anywhere. So did you have a mask on? I did not. So when you went into bars, you didn't wear a mask? No. I mean, were there people on top of people? Not really. I mean, most of your bars still had, uh, like, it was every other table kind of thing. Right, right, right. Um, and, and then, like, dance floors would be shut down so people couldn't dance up there and stuff like that. So, I mean, they were sort of, kind of doing the, you know, social distancing thing, but people weren't paying attention to it. I mean, people were still shoulder to shoulder in most places. Luckily, like the one night that we actually went out, we went into a mellow mushroom. Have you heard of that before? The pizza place? Yeah. 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 So we never went, been, but I know we went is. in there and started listening to some music going on then. And we actually got a spot in the very back of the place where not many people were moving around or anything like that. Yeah. But no, as I said, nobody was wearing masks or anything like that. And it was still shoulder to shoulder. So, well, the idea, so this is the thing. And that's the other thing I was thinking about too. Uh, you know, more videos have come out of people being places where they're just people on top of people like the Ozark video. Right. Um, here's the thing, man. I said this when we saw the Ozark video, I don't like being in large crowds like that aside from there being a pandemic going on, you know? So this whole social distancing and this idea that I can't go to a place that's super crowded, does not bother me one bit. I just want to be able to go do stuff. Right. The same way that I did before. I wouldn't be in crowded places. Um, you know, so like, I, I, I was telling you before we started. So the, the night that my wife went into labor, we went to a Mexican place, uh, sat on the patio, had dinner. It felt nice to be out eating food somewhere other than home. You know, whatever. And it's one of our favorite little spots. I badly needed a margarita because I knew we were going to get induced that night. I was like, I just need a drink. Um, and we just liked the food. So it was nice. But like, here's the thing. When I go to restaurants, you, you, you ever been in a restaurant where they, the places, tables are really close mm-hmm. and you're, you go out, you're with your wife, you go, uh, table for two, please. And they walk you to that fucking table that's three feet from the other table and they're you're sitting across and they're just right there in your business. Right. I'll never sit at a table like that. I'll go, excuse me. Um, can we get any other table? I can't, I don't, I don't want that person breathing on my food. <laughs> they're breathing on me and on my food. And that's not just uh, right now. That's anytime, anytime, anytime. Yeah. Forget about COVID. Right. Anytime. So like this whole idea, like, Oh, it sucks. Like we, no, it, it's fine. It's fine for me. I just want to be able to do it and still, keep the same distance that I would have wanted anyway. Like I told you when those Ozark videos came out, I was just like, that is the most disgusting thing. I just, it was gross. Um, like a movie theater, for instance, if I walk into a movie theater and it's crowded, if there's not a row that's empty, I might turn around and leave. Like I can't, I can't do it. I, I get that. Cause there's always that moment where you sit down and you go, all right, there's about six, seven seats left in this row, right? No one's going to come. There's no way someone would come sit next to me. And then sure enough, you watch people walk up to your row, sit down three seats away, walk up to your row. Two, I'm like, can't you? All right, fine, I guess. I, like, I just, it, it gives me so much anxiety. Are you, are you an outside seat guy when it comes to the movie theater? Like, do you have to be on the outside? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I got to make a beeline hate, for the 
if I need to beeline for the bathroom, I got to be, do, you don't want me to be the guy in the middle. Trust me. <laughs> I'm saying this to everyone. If you see me in a movie theater, you better hope I'm not sitting in the middle. But right. I mean, I don't have the same issues that you do when it comes to that, but I still would rather sit towards the outside. I just, it, it, it's not even just that. It's like, you know, Cardinals games and stuff like that too. I hate sitting in the middle and oh, you have to get up and walk across people constantly. And especially if you're drinking beer, you're not just going to oh, sit there and hold it the whole time. <laughs> oh yeah. If I, if, if I'm, if I buy tickets to a sporting event, I always get, I always go on the website or StubHub or whatever. And I look for the, uh, the outside, you know, the aisle seats right. always, unless they're given to me always. Like I can't, you're just going to get mad at me because <laughs> I'm going to get up a bunch. Like you're just going to be bothered by me. I'm drinking tons of beer. So I'm getting up to piss a lot. I'm eating shitty food, so there's a like there's the likelihood that I get up to shit. You're just gonna hate me. <laughs> um, yeah, and also you have that space. You know, you just don't feel claustrophobic when you're on the aisle, at least. Um, so yeah, like just this whole idea that people are upset, like we have to be distanced and we have to like, oh, I can't go to a concert and be you know two inches away from someone. It doesn't bother me. It never necessarily did because I never was one to like be in large crowds like that. Anyway, I don't like people in my space, so it, it's weird. I just it's want the ability to just get up and do it. But yeah, it's weird. Like something has happened over the past ten years. And I don't know if it's just growing up or if ang my anxiety has gone up. But you know, ten years ago, every weekend I'd be in the bar. It wouldn't wouldn't bother me a bit. Now I'm to the point to where if I'm going to be in a bar, I'm going to be like the guy in the corner that's watching everything that's going on instead of like being in the middle of it all. Because I can't, I, I, I just never know when you're in the bar scene, you don't know what's going to happen. You never know what's going to happen at any point. Yeah. And you might get stuck in being involved in something that you don't want to be involved in. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. It depends on the type of bar you're going to. That's true. I've always been a lover of the neighborhood, the corner pub or tavern right the dot the place where you go to relax yeah not the place where you go to do karaoke not the place <laughs> where you go to dance not the place where you go like you the quiet i'm gonna relax and have a few drinks place um i still love that i've always loved that those are and, I, and don't get me wrong i've been to nightclubs i've been to loud crazy places but i haven't i don't prefer them and i haven't necessarily been there by choice um so yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna go to the, the 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 hole in the wall that has six people. Right. The angry bartender, the one shitty server that's taking her time, but still <laughs> makes good money because she's she's got a good attitude, but she's just a terrible server. Um, those are the places that I like. The bathrooms kind of be kind of gross, you know. Um, so you're just, just being dive bar, like that's what you're what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so, like, I want the bathroom to kill COVID. Like, that's how <laughs> shitty the bathroom has to be. So. Now that's hilarious. I, 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 I never I, thought of that. Like that I told you, when you're talking about your vacation, like, I, we kind of just want to get out of here, go somewhere like the Smoky Mountains or just, just, just to get out, you know. You just get, you go stir crazy, man. You just. It's not good for your sanity to be in your house all the time. Some people like it. Now, all this 
all of this stuff I'm saying about my anxiety and not being around a lot of people still doesn't mean I can't leave the house. Right. I still know where I can go where I don't necessarily have to be in close proximity with other people. So it's, uh, I just read that New York has had zero cases in the last 24 hours. It's the first time in four months. Wow. Yeah. This, this after Florida has like, I don't know, 16,000 in 24 hours or whatever a couple days ago. Aren't they saying that in most places cases are up, but deaths are down? Yeah. And I, again, who, who knows at this point, man? Yeah. Who knows? I, I'm going to, I'm just like the Cleveland Indians name. I submit just, what do you want me to do? I'll do it. What do you, whatever you want to do, I'm on board. That's, that's. So speaking of that, that hasn't been, they, they have, they announced anything on that yet? No, there's just rumors about what it will become, but the Redskins did announce that. Yes. They're changing it. Um, which, you know, I think when we talked about this before, I always said the Redskins name to me far worse than Indians, but I don't know. I just can't, I don't have any fight left, man. I just can't argue about it anymore with people. I just, Indians itself was an ignorant name to have to begin with because Columbus fucked up. He didn't discover Indians, right? But, um, I don't know. It's a part, it's a part of the history, but history is about to change. So Indians, not Redskins. I'm not, I'm not anti-changing the Redskins name. Change it. Um, clearly that, uh, has negative connotations to it and is disparaging. Um, I could go either way on Indians, but I know it's not PC anymore, but something I seen today was it's not just like with the Redskins. It's not just about the people wanting them or the masses wanting them to change the name because it's offensive, but it's a lot about like backers for the team are willing to drop out and sponsors and things like that are willing to, to back out of everything that they do because they are tied to that name. Yeah. Let's be very clear. The Washington Redskins, Daniel Snyder and the management and the, the front office of the Redskins don't give a fuck how anyone feels and if they're offended. They're protecting their equity at this point. Right. They don't give a fuck how you feel. They don't care if that name offends you. That's not why they're changing it. They're changing it because major sponsors like Nike said they're going to pull out. Right. Well, that takes a huge chunk out of out of their revenue. So, yeah, they don't – as much as people want this to be about people being offended, it's not. It's still about business. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Um. I mean, it is about the people because the people are the ones that stirring everything up to where big brands like Nike can't, you know, have to say, I can't be, we can't be tied to this because people are going to look at Nike being tied to this and say, I'm not going to buy Nike anymore. Yeah. I guess my point is if it were still just the voice of the people, like it's been for the last 10 years, yeah, they wouldn't be changing it. You know, um, as far as the Indians go, I, I mean, I think people in the organization feel okay with changing it because their name, the the history of their over throughout the history of the, that team, and the history of baseball being in Cleveland, they've gone through quite a few name changes anyway. So I think they're kind of like, eh, whatever. It's we can we can do it again. The Indians has been a long running name, uh, 
but we can change it again. I mean, some of the options that people have come up with are completely dog shit. Spiders is terrible. And I think right now Spiders is the front runner. That is a terrible, terrible name for any professional sports organization. So you said that some people have come up with who's the, who's that some people? People within the city and, you know, um, um, there are a couple of different, I, I can't remember the exact names of the organizations in the city, but, um, just influential people in the city, I guess is the best way to put it. Gotcha. And then influential people in major league baseball. Um, but the last, the last thing that I saw was spiders as the front runner. I like guardians. I posted about that. I think guardians is cool. Um, easy to run with. I don't think we can cancel it. Although the, the history and historical ties, I don't know if you can cancel Greek mythology, but if someone finds a way, if there's a will, there's a way. So if someone w- wanted to cancel Hermes, then Guardians could be canceled. So maybe Guardians that won't go. Wasn't but wasn't there a Guardians XFL team? I have no idea. Was there? I think so. Not that it lasted long know. enough to get, you know, put into all this mess, but still. Yeah, I mean, I like Guardians because it's it's got uh, sort of. Um, geographical and historical ties to the city because there's the hope memorial bridge okay which has the hermes the from greek mythology on these giant uh tower type things on the bridge um so i think that would be cool i think people in the city would like it i think you could make a really cool logo right um i thought generals was a good option because the city's named after a general but that you could easily uh, go back yeah. and find a way to <laughs> find a way to, that was a to little, bring that down. That's a little too generals, easy. Uh, um, the Cleveland Generals has a ring to it. Cleveland Guardians has a ring to it. I like Tribe. That way you could still keep ties to Indians, but it's not going to happen. So people have said uh, Barons and what was the other one? Naps. I don't know. Spiders is terrible, though. I hate it so much. It, Let me it, ask you this. You, you almost Dark have Spiders. to go to something as lame as spiders, though, for people not to be offended, to find some way, shape, or form to be offended by it. What about miners? Could you be offended by that? I mean, I guess you could. I mean, the city was basically founded by people in 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 uh iron mines and coal mines cleveland miners doesn't have a very good ring to it necessarily actually it's cleveland. not ba- i don't think it's bad the cleveland miners yeah it's not terrible as long as it's ers <laughs> you gotta call them <laughs> The Cleveland Dirty Miners. <laughs> um, but that won't happen either. Um, yeah, was, that, was, that, I, was that thrown out there or did you just make that up? I came up with that. I haven't seen anyone throw it out there. Um, I think people are just trying to stay away from history at this point. I think that's 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 what it comes down to. Um, which... At this point, I can't say that I blame them because 
if it does have the historical ties, someone's going to find a way to to uh, to disparage it in some way and, and cause some sort of a ruckus about it. I really think Guardians is foolproof, but again, someone who's really uh, upped on their Greek mythology might find something <laughs> horrible in Hermes' past. You know, he might have been a a baby killer or something. So. Well, I mean, well, let me ask this, I, I, I mean, well, before you, before you do that, I don't mean to cut you off, but I mean, <clears throat> it's, it's going to surprise me if Washington isn't the only team that has to do this over the next few years. Well, that's the, but that's the crazy thing is they don't necessarily have to, no one's forcing them to, Yeah, they're choosing to do so. Like we said, to protect their, their, their revenue, their revenue stream. The Indians don't necessarily have to. The Atlanta Braves already came out and said we're not changing. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, the Florida State Seminoles said we're not changing. Um, so, but you're right. Over the next few years, who knows? I just, for me, being a fan of the Indians, and I, I think I, recently I wore an Indians jersey that says Indians on it, and I'm certainly not going to stop wearing that. Right. Um and I was going to say, do I have to throw away all of my uh, my son's Indians onesies that say <laughs> Indians on them? Um, you know, someone going to cancel my son, my newborn son? Like, my son can't play Cowboys and Indians with front. Like, you know what I mean? Like, well, but that's my point. Is like, you you cancel the Cleveland Indians, but we still have the Dallas Cowboys, right? You know, so is one appro- is one appropriation and the other is not apparently. Cultural appropriation is how societies get formed, and it's how we get smarter. I don't understand. Like, we wouldn't, like, just think about all the stuff we wouldn't have if we did not culturally appropriate. All the amazing foods, the clothes we wear, the shoes we wear, the music we listen to, the cars we drive, you know, um, the type of sports we play, you know? So... Without cultural appropriation, only Scottish people would be playing golf. And without right. cultural appropriation, only Canadians would be playing lacrosse. Right. Did you know that that the national sport of Canada is lacrosse? It's not hockey? Most that, people don't know that. That kind of doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Um, without cultural appropriation, only Canadians would be playing basketball because the goddamn game was invented by a Canadian. A little short 5 2 pale face Canadian invented basketball. <laughs> like I actually got into this. I didn't get into it. I had a, a little bit of a conversation on Twitter with, with this girl that follows me and I follow her. Um, I know her through the music scene. I've known her a long time. I don't know her personally necessarily, but she posted, she posted something about how white people stole rock and roll from black people. Right. And I, I, look, yes, probably so, right? But the way that, go ahead. The way the way that she did it, though, I, I know where she was coming from, and I know why she said it the way she said it, and I honestly don't have a problem with it. Um, You know, the reason that Elvis Presley was a star is because the owner of Sun Records and his name has just escaped me couldn't make it big with black artists 
So he wanted a white artist to sound like a black artist so he could sell records. That's why Elvis Presley became Elvis Presley. You know, Elvis wasn't necessarily crafting his material on his own. Right. You know, uh, so yeah, I, I, I understand all of that, but the whole idea of rock and roll, and I'm using air quotes, the whole idea of rock and roll is there's not a clear indication of culturally and historically how it started. It's really, it's a, it's a combination of a lot of different types of music that right. existed at the time right, and we're all thrown together. Now, the people that threw it together were African-Americans. Yes. Let's be very clear on that. Yes. The first, the first people to throw all of those styles of music together were African-Americans for the most part. You know, but they were also taking music from the music from what was considered to be considered to be primarily white culture or white music. And also my point is, it's a combination of gospel, country, blues, jazz, all of these things thrown together. So it's not really clear when or where it started or who started it. I do know that, yes, white people did appropriate what is what was considered to be blues music at the time and made it into a newer form of rock and roll that we still hear today. Yes. But again, without appropriation, we don't know things, right? <laughs> we don't, we don't, it's very hard for us to learn and experience things without appropriating. So like, so was she, was she like bad mouthing that white people stole it or was she just making a statement? Um, she posted, well, no, she wasn't necessarily bad-mouthing it. No, she posted about um, a specific artist. Um, let me let me look it up. I don't want to screw this up. She posted about a specific female artist, and again, her name always escapes me, um, uh, and talked about how she's one of the originators of rock and roll, um, this and that. Fifi Dobson. No, 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 not that Jesus. She's super young. Um, you got to edit that out. <laughs> hold on but anyway so she she brought up that person and then just started listing uh african-american rock and roll artists and about how they did it first and all this stuff which is fine i you know so my my whole thing was uh i said you know that's very true but without that appropriation we don't have a lot of the things that we have right so uh, our, what I, I guess my question was, is that a bad thing? So you're again, so what do we do? Do white people stop playing rock and roll because we stole it? You know, I, I don't know. I guess what my question to her was, what, what do you want? What is your solution to this? Right. Um, so that was the whole thing for me. And I, I mean, I agree with her. I, I you know, I took <laughs> took two history of rock and roll classes in college, which were it was kind of funny because both I wanted to take two because both uh, both both of the teachers or the professors were from completely different eras and were completely different people. So I wanted to hear both of their takes on it and see how they taught the cl the, the class. Um, and it was funny. I feel like the younger, more woke one went on the angle of like music, the music was stolen and went, went that whole route. And then the older one, less woke, more conservative kind of stuck to one part of history. So it was interesting. Um, why do you think that it, is? 
Why do I think that is? I think one wanted to be woke and the other didn't want to <laughs> submit to the idea that white people stole it. Honestly, I, I never really asked them, but I can't remember the singer and I can't find it. But well, not that, not that, not that anybody will ever know now, but if white people didn't steal in air quotes, rock and roll music, I wonder where, where it would be now or what would it be now? Well, that, and that's, that's the whole thing, right? Exactly. So like, you got to understand too, a lot of the people that molded, that molded a sound, what we consider to be classic rock today, a lot of the people that became the, the foundation of what that music is, weren't American. They were Europeans admiring American style music, right? And that's still the case today. If you go to Europe today, People in specific countries in Europe just love music because it's American music. Right. They go ape shit over it. Um, one of my favorite things to do is watch festivals, uh, like something like Rock and Ring or you know uh, Reading Festival or Pink Pop or something. In these countries over in Europe, they go fucking ape shit for American bands. Ape shit in a way that you're never going to see over here. You're just never going to. Um. So those are the people sort of laying the foundation for that that sound uh they weren't necessarily american artists now yes there was elvis you know um which is a huge huge sort of stepping stone for white i'm using air quotes again white rock music um but yeah i i guess my whole question to her was just you know what what, what do you suggest we do it's too late to really take it back so what do we what do we do can't say sorry right and I think her whole point was we need to just stop culturally appropriating. And I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that, man. I just, but I would also never accuse anyone of appropriating in the first place. You know, I just wouldn't. Um, so it goes back. Give, give, give your, for anybody who might not know and think we're, we're stupid. What give your definition of appropriating? Uh, well, I mean, you're taking someone else's culture. And by appropriating it, you're sort of, I guess, making it your own, but in a way where you're, I think the biggest problem is when you profit off of it. I think that's when people have the biggest problem. Um, but, you know, for instance, Eminem is considered culturally appropriating rap music, right? Because it was essentially blacks that started and yeah. Let's give the actual definition of cultural appropriation. Let's see what we can find here. Because I think... It's the adoption of an element or elements of one culture by members of another culture. This can be controversial when members of a dominant culture appropriate disadvantaged minority culture. So essentially, it's only cultural appropriation if white people do it. I think is the best way to put it. <laughs> I'm not saying that to be funny. I mean, that's ultimately what it is. I know what you're saying. Um, White people aren't supposed to put on, uh, aren't supposed to dress like geishas. They're not supposed to put on a Native American headdress. Um, Blackface. Well, that <laughs> that has a whole life of its own. <laughs> and I don't consider that to be culturally appropriating. I consider that to be racist um, because of the the 
the history that blackface has in the United States specifically. Um, but that's what I was going to say. Like, is it, you know, so my kid can't be an Indian for Halloween because he'll get accused of cultural appropriation. It's just, it's weird. It's, it's, uh, cultural appropriation can be defined as the cherry picking or selecting of certain aspects of a culture and ignoring their original significance for the purpose of belittling it as a trend. Well, how do you know that I'm ignoring it? Or that you're purposely belittling it. So like me wearing a Cleveland Indians jersey, how do you know that I'm ignoring the significance of Native Americans in this country? You know what? Someone said something funny recently. You know what's aside from the term Redskins and the term Indians and the Chief Wahoo logo and the, the Redskins logo, you know what also is offensive to Native Americans? America. <laughs> That's uh, Andrew Schultz said that in one of the one of his hilarious videos he's doing. He's like, you know what else is also offensive to Native Americans? America and everything about it. And he's got a great point. So um, cultural appreciation is honoring and respecting another culture and its practices as a way to gain knowledge and understanding. So how can you tell me I'm doing one or the other, I guess is the point. So when someone tells me I'm appropriating, how do you know I'm not appreciating? Right. You know? I mean, it just, it, I guess it depends on the fashion that you're doing, whatever you're doing with a certain culture, how you're portraying that culture. But if you are, yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. Like, how, how do you know? And my let, intent. And, yeah, my intent on what I'm doing. Unless, unless uh, it's, unless it's blatant. We can't use that I word anymore. We can't use that I word anymore. It's considered racist. Right. Don't talk about your intent. You're racist. <laughs> but, but specifically, yes, it's, it's, if I, if I do something, especially as a, as a white male, if I do something from another culture, I'm considered privileged and I'm stealing or taking from a disadvantaged minority culture so therefore i'm appropriating um so i guess if i let my kid dress as an indian a native american or indian whatever for halloween then i'm responsible for my kids appropriation so well are you having him dressed as dress like that because you are appreciating it or i'm not? certainly not I'm certainly not depreciating it <laughs> by any means. Um, and I never would, you know, but it's hard for me, A, to, to say that, to defend myself, and for anyone to fucking believe it in the first place because I'm a white male. Yeah, good going. And I know, on like, oh, boo-hoo, boo-hoo you. You can't dress your kid as an Indian. Get the fuck over it. But at the same time, Am I supposed to uh, tell my child that he can't appreciate other cultures? He can only do it silently and in his own brain, in his own head, or at home behind closed doors. Can't post on social media about it. Can't talk to his fr his friends about it. Can't talk about it in school. I don't know. Um, but... We started with Redskins, and then I talked about that girl, and now I don't know <laughs> how, how we got there. 
Well, so, yeah, I, Red, I, Redskins I, is changing, Indians is changing. So, like you said, we're not it. supposed to use that I word, but still, intent is a major thing, and and it's not just about this, but people don't give other people the chance to explain themselves or to, you know, give their intent, let people know what their intent is on certain things. They just look at it and say, I don't like that. I'm offended. You can't do that anymore. Even though you could be like promoting the good things about a culture or something like that, they may look at it as, well, you're not part of this culture. So don't do it, you know? Yeah. Well, it was kind of funny because, it's funny that you say that now because I remember a couple years ago there was this big debate, or I remember there was this big debate going on online about if white people should have dreads or not. Is that is that cultural appropriation? And there were a lot of people defending it like, yes, they can, and here's why. And they were trying to go all the way back in history and saying that Vikings had dreads. And, and I go, look, before you even go there, and, and, and dig yourself in a deeper hole. Why don't you just go, yeah, I think it's okay because I think it's cool to learn about the culture. Right. The cultures, plural, as to where, how that hairstyle, how that specific type of hair came to be. That's it. And that should be the end of it. Right. I personally want to know more. Not only am I going to wear the dreads, but I'm also going to, I want to know more. Um, don't argue about it. And don't try to def- you know, don't dig up these obscure references where in nomadic times during this specific <laughs> ten year run there were white people with dreads just going no oh, no that's fine yeah I want to know more so I-, I dig them and I want to know more um, but you know people weren't necessarily taking that angle as when I went to Jamaica my little sister got her hair braided on the beach you know is that that was cultural appropriation. Even though a Jamaican did it and they were more than happy to do it, you know, come back to the States, that's considered a cultural appropriation. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, um, it's not like you're mocking the the culture that you, you know, you're not doing it just to mock. No, the, we visited the, there. The and we were that appreciative of, yeah, we, we visited there. We were appreciative of the way they treated us. We, you know, but whatever. I don't know. Go spiders! <laughs> can't wait, can't wait to get my spiders jersey. <laughs> so let's train transition into some fight talk if you want. Yeah. Um, so you watched all of them? I didn't watch them that night. I watched the prelims that night, but I didn't watch the fights that night. But I have okay. I have watched them since. Max Holloway got screwed. Absolutely. I don't know. I don't know what this guy has to do. I don't think he lost the first fight. You know, um, you know what's funny too is up until uh, I don't know about the fifth round, but I know I was on purpose listening to Michael Bisbing commentating through the fight, and up until yeah, the yeah. end of the fourth, he was praising Max Holloway and what was saying over and over again how he hit, he won the first four rounds and and all this, and I'm like. Like they're, and he's not the only one. It's like all through the entire fight, they're praising Max Holloway and what he's doing, and then right. somehow because it goes to the judges, he loses. I don't, I don't, I don't know what needs to be done in the UFC to get judges that score correctly. They need to be martial artists. 
Period. I just don't. I don't understand how that hasn't happened yet. I don't know. I mean, what's funny also, if you go back and watch, at the end of that fight when they put up the strike numbers, okay, um, those numbers don't match. Like if you go to the UFC's website right now, those numbers that they put up on the screen on the pay per view do not match what's listed on the UFC's website. Really? Right now. now, I hate to go barking conspiracy theories in this case because at the end of the day, what does it do? But they don't match. They do not match. Um, I just, uh, he can't, it's, it's hard for me, and I, I hate making this argument, but it's, it really bothers me when a champion's a champion for a long time and they lose a decision. Yeah. Volkanovski's a, a great fighter. He's a beast. Don't get me wrong. And he fought a good fight in the first fight, right? He hung in there with a guy who was the longtime champion, arguably the best featherweight of all time. He hung in there and he fought well. He leg kicked the fuck out of him. But did he really beat him? You know, right. did he really? Not in, in my eyes. And again, this is me. But did he really dominate that fight? Was it so convincing that he won a unanimous decision? Then in this fight, did he? And I know it was a split decision, right? But did he really? Did he really dominate? And when I'm saying the word dominate, does that mean did he convincingly win three rounds out of the five rounds of that fight? Right. I don't know how. So essentially, you're either batshit crazy or you're saying he definitely won rounds three through five. You're batshit crazy if you think he won rounds one or two. Right. There's no way. He got knocked down in both rounds. He got completely dominated. That's how you dominate a fight. Um Say what you want about the takedowns. Yeah, they score points, but he didn't do shit with the takedowns. It's and, not like yeah, that, he advanced that, and caused damage. Yeah, that's supposed to be part of it too, though. A takedown, if you get a takedown and you get right back up, or a takedown that nothing happens from, it's not supposed to amount to anything. It should not dictate the scores by any means. Um, I don't know. I just I think he got hosed, man. I, I think I, I feel bad for him. Um. But I knew I had a I had a bad feeling when it went to a decision that he was going to lose. I just um, I I had this thought earlier today, and I I know it would be really tricky to do and hard to do, but it almost seems like M M like UFC mixed martial arts is really hard to judge during it going on. Like it's it's almost like you shouldn't have a clear winner, and unless it's a knockout or it's a submission or something like that. If it's something that goes to decision, it almost feels like that should be something that they hold off on and don't do a clear winner right away. It to give them to give the judges enough time to rewatch the fight, or, or you know at least certain parts of certain rounds or something like that, instead of just making a on the fly judgment call. Yeah, but I mean, then it's not a sport. Not now, it's an experiment. You know, yeah. yeah. It's um, there has to be the human element in sports, at least for now. Well, you know? but I mean, like you look at basketball or baseball. Whoever scored more wins. I mean, and that's kind of the same concept with MMA, but it's not. It's supposed to be, but it's not. No, you're right. Um, and I mean, I think that fight specifically proves that point that it's not necessarily about that. I just found it odd that the numbers changed. Um, I find that to be odd. I just think, too, like, one of the other things I was thinking about is that Max Holloway, 
he doesn't have a uh, one-punch knockout style to where when he hits you with one shot, you're badly hurt. Right. He hits you with volume. He hits you with like precise shots, combinations. So, look, when you have a style like that and you're not clearly hurting a guy, say like someone like Tyron Woodley does, for instance, when he, when he lands, yeah, you're fucked, right? Yeah. Because he doesn't have that style, when a fight – a fighter like that goes to the judges. I think the judges aren't necessarily seeing the damage that he's inflicting on that volume basis. They're trying to look at, all right, did he clearly hurt him? Did he clearly dominate the fight with power, right? He just doesn't possess that power. So I think that has a lot to do with it. And because of that, I don't think he can let a fight go to the judges anymore. He's got to finish, guys. Yeah. Which is sad to say about a guy who's been a champion for the last however many years. Defeated, he's beat Aldo twice. He's beat Brian Ortega. He's beat Frankie Edgar. You know, uh, Pettis, and a guy who's has all of this history in the UFC. The fact that that guy can't let a guy like that can't let a fight go to the judges is sad. Something has to change. Right. You mentioned all. Um, you mentioned Aldo. Do you agree that that fight went on way too long? Yeah, that was a bad stoppage. I mean, it could have been stopped way earlier. Yeah. But that's another one of those scenarios, though. It's like he's a legend in the sport. You it's a legend. Get he gets him. the benefit of the doubt. Right, yeah. So, um, I don't know what to think of Jan right now. I don't I don't know what to think of him. He's clearly good. Um, I, don't, I, I don't know what to think of him as a champion and whether he's quote-unquote, the best fighter in that division. Right. We'll have to see. I, it just, I, I think he's good. I think he was fighting an older, compromised fighter who's been through wars and didn't necessarily deserve to be in that fight, was, was in that fight because of who he is. Yeah, he's always close to a title somehow, mm-hmm. no matter how many losses he has. <laughs> yeah. So I'll be curious to see him fight. You know, Sterling, Marais, Cody Garbrandt, um, O'Malley, if O'Malley wins his next fight, um, I'm sure we'll be barking title shot or title eliminator. Which they just um, they just booked his next fight, didn't they? Yeah, he's fighting um, Marlon Vera. That's it, yeah. Which is a, gr- it's a great fight for him. Um, and I think he even called, I think he even said he wanted that fight. So, good for him. Nice. Um which again, that I think that was a good pick. It's not a top fifteen guy, but it's a guy who's been around a long time. He's got some big wins. So if he if he keeps plugging away on these guys who have been around the, the UFC for a while and he's beating them in dominant fashion, he's working his way up. That's the smart way to do it. Um, so yeah, with Jan, I just I'm curious to see what happens when he fights some of these other top level guys. Um, what did you think of the main event? I think Surprised. I think I've said going into this that Masvidal was a lot more prepared for Usman than people think he was, I think. I agree. I think he's been training for that fight for quite a while. Maybe not yeah. specifically for that fight, but a lot of the things that he's been doing was for a for that fight. Yeah. Uh 6 days notice definitely hurts. I mean, having to cut that much weight that fast. And all those kinds of things definitely hurts. But I think... But he's that, been training. Yeah, but I think that... 
I think that it going to decision and Masvidal losing is what UFC wanted. Because Why I, because I think they're going to want a second fight. That's going to really? bring in. I, that's my opinion. Or or maybe 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 it's not what well, they wanted, but maybe it's a good scenario to be in that regardless they can have a an awesome second fight and that's going to bring in numbers. Did you see the pay-per-view numbers? Yeah, they're insane. One over a million pay-per-view buys. Right, and that's what I'm saying. Like, if they can sell that, and he was only on six days notice, and now they know that Masvidal has a chance here. Here's what you do. If you want them to fight again, here's here's my approach. And I was actually, I'm glad you said that, because this this is immediately what I thought of after the fight was over. You rebook uh, Usman and Burns. And then on that same card, because Usman said at the when he was getting interviewed post fight that he probably doesn't want to fight for the rest of the year, like he wants to take time off, spend time with his his, his kid. Which I mean, that's so you re, huh? I mean, I, I don't blame him. I mean, six yeah, months no. six months after a yeah. big fight across the world. Yeah, yeah. So you rebook that fight, and on the same card, I'm telling you the way to go for Usman or for Masvidal, is you book him against Colby Covington. You put those two fights on the same card, winner of Covington and Usman, or Masvidal, gets their rematch with the champ if Usman wins. If Burns wins, whatever. We have the the Covington-Masvidal fight, which everyone wants to see. You put those two fights on the same card. I'm telling you, just think if Usman wins and Masvidal wins again, boom. You've got a second fight booked. It's easy to book it because... Your number three guy beat the number two guy. It's it's easy, right? So what, obviously Leon Edwards would have some shit to say about that, but what? So say Burns wins that fight with Usman, do you do you plug Masvidal Burns or Covington Burns, whoever wins yeah. that fight? If that fight, well, look, that's that's predicated upon if the Covington Masvidal fight actually happens, right? I don't think Colby Covington wants anything to do with that fight. Just my opinion. I'm not saying he's scared to fight him. I don't think anybody in the UFC is scared to fight anyone. That's not what I'm saying. I just don't think he wants... Let me say this. The way that he sells his fights and his whole his whole personality and image, Masvidal is not a good pairing for that fight for him. I think he'll get eaten alive by Masvidal really? when it comes to the promotion and the shit-talking and all that stuff. I just don't think he wants it. I think he likes being the one who dictates... The, the selling of the fight and the trash talk and all that shit. That's so just he, my so opinion. he needs somebody like Usman who doesn't. Not have really a that. trash talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. He, he gets, needs someone like Tyron Woodley or Kamaro Usman or it, it, at this point, even like Leon Edwards. Um, so I think that's the way to go. I, I tweeted after. Usman won. I just I just said simply Usman doing Usman things. I mean that's the kind of fight. And I think it, it pisses me off. Like I saw a bunch of people tweeting like another boring Usman fight. It, it, all, all these negative things to say. And I go, that's your fault because you started watching his fights once he became champion. If you've been watching him this entire time, you know that this is the way he fights. You know it. He's the best wrestler in that division. That's how he wins. Well, yeah, but that's the other point, too, and we've talked about this before endlessly. People are probably tired of hearing it, but 
you if you're a fighter, you do what you need to your game plan is to do what you need to do to win a fight. Especially yep. if you're holding a title right now. Yeah, and he said that in the post fight press conference. Someone some jackass media member brought up are are you are you concerned about all the fans that are saying it was a boring fight? And he goes, Who's saying that? And he was like, Oh, a multitude of fans. I wanted Usman to go, No, no, you're saying that. Right. You're just you're using the the fans as an excuse. Right. You're saying that. But he didn't say that. And he goes, Well, um, maybe they should go twenty five minutes with Masvidal and then tell me how they feel. He goes, I, I don't train to get into bar fights and slugfests. I train to win. He goes, Masvidal trains to win. Masvidal doesn't train to get in there and get into a haymaker match. Right. He goes, that's not what we train for. He goes, yeah, Masvidal has big knockout wins, but he doesn't train to get in there and just trade shots with people. You know, He's like, he's a professional fighter. He's a professional striker. He's one of the slickest strikers in the game. Right. He doesn't have that out of by by chance. He trains. So he's like, people can say what they want, but I train to win. I don't train to get into so like and I thought that was the best answer he could have given. And it's it's the right answer. That's you know, he did what he had to do to keep the belt. I'm not saying that he fought a boring fight. I don't think it was a boring fight. Um, look, to me, when a guy wrestles like that, it's not boring, especially when he's fighting a guy who has the striking ability ability that Mosfidal. You know what? You know what I felt during that fight? I had sort of the same feeling when Stipe fought in Ghana. The same same sort of on on the edge of your seat feeling like if Masvidal lands, the fucking tide's going to turn, right? right. If Ghana lands, the tide's going to turn. Like that's the way I was feeling. I love having that feeling. The casual average fan doesn't like that. They want to see guys trade shots, right? right. They want to see knockouts. I love that feeling. It keeps me interested, you know? Um, and I thought every time that Usman went for a takedown and Masvidal was able to stuff it, I was seeing a guy who was prepared right. for another guy's game plan. I was seeing mixed martial arts. You yeah, know? absolutely. Uh, you know, but, and, and what's funny is like, you say it that way. You say, I, I, when you look at the word, the letters MMA and the, what they actually stand for, I think people don't put those two together they just think of the yeah, letters no, mma don't. or ufc they don't think mixed martial arts and they don't think you know everything that goes into it it's just oh ufc i'm gonna beat the crap out of that guy that's like right. that's as far as it goes you know yeah yeah i really hope that changes man um i think uh I think a lot of things have to change for that, but I, I don't I don't know if that will ever necessarily change because you're talking about having to change a whole culture of people who right. just like seeing people get beat up. And that's why they watch MMA. You know? That's gonna be really hard to change. Um I think But well it's 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 almost like the only way that you can make the old style of mixed martial arts mainstream. Because you have to be yeah. you have to be able to uh provide something interesting to everyone not just right. the mixed martial arts community you know yeah totally totally i i think there have been a lot of things that have happened i think the ufc is still trying to make up for pet previous mistakes that they've made with their business model who their demographic is who they market to how they market the business um how they market fighters um it's funny before i asked you if you watched 
the show Kingdom, which is about MMA. And I said, you know, I'm curious to 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 know what fighters think of that show because they're uh, current and previous UFC fighters were in the show, not playing uh, themselves necessarily, but just playing fighters in the show to make the the MMA look somewhat realistic. Right. Um, and I just think a lot of excuse me, a lot of things about that show just shed a terrible light on MMA. Um, and I, again, I want you to watch it and tell me what you think, but, um, yeah, so I, I hope that changes. I hope that changes. Um, otherwise guys like Usman are just never going to get, get the respect necessarily from the casuals. I think they get the respect from the MMA, um, you know, the MMA fanatics, you know, that was his 12th straight win at welterweight tied George St. Pierre. He's clearly, clearly one of the best welterweights of all time. Right. You know, um, think about who he beat to win the title, who he's defended against now. It's almost it, it could get to the point where like, well, fuck, if he beats Burns and then has another fight, whether it be a rematch with Covington or Masvidal, and he wins that fight, it could be like an, an Amanda Nunes situation. Like, what the fuck else does he have to do? Right. What does he have? What, what What does he have left to prove? Well, I wonder what weight he works, walks around at. I mean, what's his, what's his options as far as moving up or down? He's a big motherfucker. Yeah, I don't I think that. he can move down. There's no way in hell he'd make 155. Right. Not not a chance. Um, he could definitely move up. He's a big dude. I That's the one thing, too. I don't know how he makes 170 because when he stood next to Tyron Woodley, I was just like, Jesus Christ. It's <laughs> a big fuck. Even Masvidal. Um, just a big fucking guy. Um, what, did you, what did you think of... Uh... Thug Rose's performance against Andrage. Is that how you say your last little, name? Little, little shaky at the end there, man. Yeah. I think I think Andrage proved that that first fight was no fluke. What she did to Rose was no fluke. Uh, and had that fight been five rounds, Rose might have been in some trouble. Yeah. Um, she fought really well. I guess all things considered, rounds one and two. I think the end of round two got a, went a little sideways for her. Um, and round three certainly was not her round. Um, she's clearly one of the best women's fighters, especially in that division, anyway. If she gets into a slugfest with Wiley, like Joanna did, I don't see her surviving. Yeah. I just don't think she has the durability to do it not to say that she would even do it i don't think she would i don't think that would be the game plan i don't it certainly wouldn't be her game plan but sometimes i think with yeah something you can't avoid sometimes or or ego gets involved when you're standing in there yeah i don't think she has that kind of ego though so that's why i'm saying it certainly wouldn't be a part of the game plan it would really be really difficult to get her to engage in something like that but when you got a fucking bulldozer coming at you like wiley sometimes it's hard to avoid you know yeah, uh, that's how Andrade won the first fight. She was getting dominated, and she finally just said, "Fuck it, I'm going to move forward and just take my chances." You know, um, but that was a good fight. It should it, it should have won fight of the night. So it did win fight of the night, and it should have. Right. Um, so Andrade's head movement was nuts. Like the whole fight, yeah. her head did not stop moving. But something that we kind of talked about at one point when they first started doing fights without crowds. We, we talked about the 
the fighters being able to hear their coaches a lot better. And it was yeah. funny because I, when I was watching the fight, I heard wrote, uh, Thug's coach yell sting several times. And as soon as he yelled sting, literally before he got the word out of his mouth, she landed. And yeah. so, I'm, so I'm, I know, you know, tells you what he's saying, but it, it was just nuts. Cause like you can hear it clearly. You can hear him clearly say it and tell that she can clearly hear what he's saying to do. And when he's saying to do it and like yeah. in the yeah, middle yeah. of her head movement, she's landing. It was nuts. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I like still, I'm still, I'm still on this, but I still like the, the no fan thing. Yeah. I think it's really cool. Um, I'm probably in the minority on that, you know, but, uh, I like it. I think it's fun. Who knows? And I especially like it when Bisbing is commentating because he gets way too excited at times and he's the only thing you can hear. And it's, it's great. You know, the fighters can hear that too. And I think when, um, uh, um, the Poirier hooker fight, Bisbing was saying something, and Poirier goes, "Yeah, what what Bisbing said." Oh, like really? He was saying he's got to lock in the <laughs> something something, and yeah, and you heard audibly Poirier go, "Yeah, what Bisbing said." Like, it's a cool, it's a cool, it's a cool part of what's happening right now. Yeah, you see but Vulcan I, I, I can, I can s- do what? Did you see Vulcan get KO'd? Was that in prelims? Yeah, it was the featured prelim fight. Yes. Yeah. That guy he fought is going to be a problem. Actually, I think I texted you about that. Did you? Yeah, because I said that guy just died. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, I mean, he didn't move at all for a minute at least. Yeah, that's that's going to be that's going to be a problem for sure. Um, overall, it was a good card. Um, there's a card on Wednesday. How weird is that? I think they're just trying to fit in as much as they can in Abu Dhabi. I'll take it. I'm watching. Uh, I think uh, whoever wins that fight has a great case to make for fighting for the featherweight title. That's the rematch fight, right? With no, that's this weekend. Wednesday is Calvin Cater and uh, Dan Ige. Yeah, wasn't that a rematch? Cater and Ige. Yeah, wasn't there uh, something that happened in the f- the first fight that they had that was? Maybe I'm thinking of something else. Hey, I'm thinking no. of a different fight. I thought they fought not too long ago, and something no. happened at the beginning of the fight, and they they cut the fight short or something. I don't remember. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm thinking of a different fight. Yeah, no, they haven't fought. Um, Calvin Cater's last fight was uh, he KO'd Jeremy Stevens, and Ige fought. Um, Barboza, and people thought that he actually lost. The, he won the decision, but people thought that he lost the fight. Okay, so the headlining yeah. of the the headlining of the fight night this weekend is the Benavidez, right? Yes, it's the Figueroa uh, Benavidez. That, that is rematch. a rematch, right? That is a rematch because that first one was ridiculous when Benavidez didn't make weight. Figueroa, oh, no, oh, sorry, the other guy, Figueroa, yeah, yeah, didn't make weight, so he wasn't even I, fighting for the title at the time. Yeah, I so bad they want Benavides to win. I man. know that poor fucking guy. I know Jesus, it was a good man. fight the first round or first time around though. Oh, he fought. He fought well. I mean, it was the the clash of heads that fucked him. Yeah, you could tell he was concussed after that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that poor guy. I I, I, I so hope he wins. No disrespect to Figueroa, but um, yeah. 
Uh, Figueredo had COVID, but he, I guess he's oh, passed really? it now. Yeah. They didn't think the fight would happen. Um, he had to get tested again. He tested positive like two months ago or something. He got tested again. So it's going to happen. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the fight on Wednesday, Calvin Cater, that's, that's my, he's, he is a problem for everyone at featherweight, man. Um, we'll see. Who's Volkanovski going to fight next? Zabit? Probably. I guess. It's hard, it's hard I, to think I, of anyone fighting for a title not named Max Holloway in that division. It's right. so stupid. Right. It's stupid. But um, Zabit, probably, because he's number two. And, I, and that's everyone's fucking golden pony. So likely going to be him, right? There's a... Is this the first time? I don't. I don't want this to come out wrong, but is this the first time that like so many foreign fighters have been like up there in the rankings all, all at one time in different divisions? You think? Uh, I don't think it's the first time necessarily. You're seeing a lot more, absolutely. But I guess that's because the roster is like 800 fighters on it. I mean, yeah, the. the <laughs> UFC as a company's gone global. It's been global. I mean, they're getting, they're getting everyone. Um, like the guy that beat uh, Vulcan, Prohaska, he was the Ryzen light heavyweight champ. Oh, okay. People knew who he was coming in. They said Vulcan was in trouble, and that guy's, that guy's good, man. He's he's a problem. I'm curious to see who he fights next at light heavyweight and what happens. He could be. He could be a problem for a lot of people in line heavyweight. So, yeah. Um, fights on a Wednesday, man. I'll take it. I, I ain't got nothing to do. I ain't got work to do. So, well, you got some podcast editing to do. You said you wanted you wanted something to do, so you want to do like four episodes a week. Sure, man. My son doesn't matter. That's fine. <laughs> I don't need to spend time with him. This is coming from you when when. I originally said, do you only want to do one a week for a little while? And you're like, no, I want something to do. Give me more to do. I don't, I ca- I don't care about that kid. That's what you said, right? <laughs> I don't think I said that. <laughs> All right, well, you ready to get out of here? Let's do it. Starving. Me too. We're out. <laughs>